want to warn you that over these next few weeks, I'm going to be bringing some challenge, some challenge to our lives. And today is going to be a little bit about looking back, um, but also bringing challenge as well. We can watch, as we look back, we can see God's long-term provision in our lives. If you've been following Jesus for a while, you'll know that over time, you can, you can look back and you can see God's provision in your life in the past. And one of the fatal mistakes we make is that we tend to forget the things that he has done for us in the past. And we tend to just, I mean, what we really should do is when God meets our need, we should write it down so we remember and we build up this catalog of what God has done and so that it is a testimony to his grace. And we tend to forget what God has done in the past. But I believe that we need to remember what God has done for us already. And then when when we remember, I believe that he's always got a bit of a challenge for us as we look to our future as well. And I think this included within, within that is, is, going to, is going to be a challenge for us as a church. And this is one of those series, as I've, I might have said this already, but uh, one of those series where I believe these next few weeks is about us in the context of us as a church family and that God is going to be speaking to us um, for us as a family. So, you know, Anthem's had about a, a sort of four to five year history, um, but it was just this time last year. Um, in fact, it was this, it was last year, last week, if you know what I mean, that we had our last gathering at the Doubletree where we'd been meeting for two and a half years leading up to then. And they had just given us two weeks' notice to saying that the Hilton Doubletree was going out of business like that. And so if you've been here less than a year at Anthem, we didn't used to meet here. We used to meet at the Hilton Doubletree for a number of years. We were a set-up, tear-down church every Sunday. There's a trailer and a 12-passenger van in the parking lot you may have seen when you came in. That's because everything that Anthem kind of owns and all our fixed assets all fit in the back of that 24-foot trailer. And a team of people every Sunday morning would, would set that up and tear it down. It was, a great, it was complicated, but it was a great arrangement. And we had two weeks' notice um, from this hotel with very strict rules, or like you can't make coffee, and you can't bring food in, and you can't, can't do this, you can't do that. And then all of a sudden, the staff all gets laid off with two weeks' notice. We get told that our year contract is just not worth the paper it's written on, and we've got to be out in 10 days. And we sort of, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the staff that were telling us this were in tears because they just all lost their jobs. And then we were scurrying, figuring out what we were going to do. And that was on a Friday. And then on Sunday, we, you, the, the hotel had said to us, you can do what you want for the next two weeks because none of us care anymore. Uh, they'd all lost their jobs. And so we're like, all right, we're ordering pizza for 100. So, so uh, if you were there, you might remember we had pizza for the whole church. And then in no time at all, a number of you said, we're getting together to pray, right? And, and so that night, that week at the hotel, we, we filled every evening uh, some of you are on Zoom, some of you are in person, and we, we got together to pray every night that week. Just, to, just not necessarily just, hey, God, fix our problem, fix our need. But it was a time like, what, Lord, what are you teaching us in the midst of this change? And what, are you, what, what, are you, what is it you're going to be doing in us as we trust you going forward? And uh, so we did, and we, we prayed every night. Um, and the following Sunday, which was our last, sorry, the following Sunday after that, which was our last Sunday in the hotel, which would have been this, this week, last, uh, last, last week, last year, um, one or two of you uh, just felt like God had been speaking very clearly. And so three or four folks were up on the stage with us um, in that service. And, and I felt like that Sunday was kind of a pivotal point um, at Anthem 
And it was, it was Michelle who sat at the back there today that, that said that she felt God was saying that, that this was like kind of an inflection point on a, on a graph, you know, that point where all of a sudden the, the trend has, had taken a turn. And that, that was at one point where, where God was going to use that to speak and send us in a different direction. And honestly, we've, we've seen some of the, the results of that in being here for the last year. We've seen some of the pain of that in the difficulty. And quite frankly, there's a lot about this last year which has kind of been exhausting, right, in, in, uh, in kind of navigating the situation that we're in here. Um, many of you, like, pat yourself on the back, like, right now for being faithful through the two o'clock months. You know, this is, this is like one of those dark seasons of our church. Man, we had to come to church at two o'clock. It was terrible, you know, and, um, but, but we did it, and, and, and God was with us, and, and you all were faithful and kept moving. But I believe that there's been a, a there was a pivotal point last year where God was, was reminding us, are you going to trust me? Are you going to trust me? Are you going to trust me? Not just for a meeting space, but are you going to trust me? And it's, it's sometimes these, these challenge points in our lives that actually make us sit back and ask the question, well, do I trust God in general? And is my life lined up with what I say is important in my life? Do I actually live out um, the, the trust in God that I say that I'm, doing, that, that I'm living like? And so this, uh, this week, last year, we actually didn't have church. We gave everyone the day off because we couldn't find a place to meet. And then we, we thought we were going to be meeting at the AMC and then they couldn't get staff. And then the following week, uh, we ended up here. Um, but, but here's what I know. Is, as I look back on the last year, I know that God is a miracle-working provider. And some of you have seen that over and over again in your lives. But I believe there's a sense of urgency now as we, as we maybe a year later, look, okay, God, as, as we've prayed, as we've sought wisdom and guidance from those within and without the church, Lord, where are you, where are you taking us now? And I honestly believe that now's this time that God's asking us, like, like foot to the gas in a new way. And so... I want to read some uh, uh, scriptures from the book of Joshua, and this is the end of the book of Joshua. We, we talked about the, through the book of Exodus for some time since the beginning of the year, and Moses leading the people. Moses had died. The people had moved into the promised land, and Joshua has been their leader for a significant period of time, and now he's over 100 years old. And because he's, the, he's, the, he's the, the leader, he's the chairman, he's not a king or anything or, or a judge of these people, but he's, he's their leader and, uh, and he's, he's led them faithfully. He's coming to the end of his life and because he can, he's got the whole community of Israel together, specifically their leaders, and he's speaking. Um, and and this, these verses that we're reading, he's talking on behalf of God. And you're going to hear this. Let's read this in Joshua chapter 24 and verse 2. It starts out saying, Joshua said to all the people, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. Long ago, your ancestors, and then I, I put the kind of the dot, 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 because for some time, Joshua just goes back hundreds of years to Isaac, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and he talks about what God did through their ancestors. And I, I, it's, it's just interesting. I'll oh, go back to that last one again. It's interesting that he says, this is what the Lord, your God, the Lord the God of Israel says. So at this point, he's speaking the words of God. He's speaking out on behalf of God. And I want you to catch that as we, as we keep on uh, reading. And further on down to verse 5, he then 
kind of moves forward a few hundred years. In verse 5, it says, Then I sent Moses and Aaron and afflicted the Egyptians uh, by what I did there, uh, uh, and I brought you out. He's saying, I brought you out. Again, speaking on behalf of God. When I brought your people out of Egypt, you came by the sea, and the Egyptians pursued them with chariots and horsemen as far as the Red Sea. But they cried out to the Lord for help, and he put darkness between you and the Egyptians. He brought the sea over them and covered them. You saw with your own eyes what I did to the Egyptians. And then you lived in the wilderness for a long time. And that was that trip, that lengthy trip that we'd been studying over these seven or eight weeks. And so whose voice, is, whose voice are we hearing again here? We're not hearing Joshua's voice so much. We're hearing God's voice, God speaking, saying, I brought you out. I protected you. You cried out to the Lord, and I put darkness between you and the Egyptians. And, 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 and Joshua is speaking on behalf of God. And then further down in verse 11, continues. He says, then you crossed the Jordan and came to Jericho. The citizens of Jericho fought against you, but I gave them into your hands. I sent the hornet ahead of you, which drove them out before you. Another miracle that God did. Also the two Amorite kings. You did not do it with your own sword and bow. So I gave you a land on which you did not toil and cities which you did not build. And you live in them and you eat from vineyards and olive groves that you did not part, that you did not plant. And all of this is, is Joshua speaking God's words and saying, God's saying, I did this. It's pretty, we're pretty good at taking credit for things that we didn't do, aren't we? Um, you know, it's not, just a, I mean, it's not just a thing that we do on our resumes, perhaps, when we like sneak things and we're like, oh, that wasn't really you now, was it? But like, we like to think of the best of us in the light of, well, like I did that and I made that happen. And I think it's, it's important that when we look at what, what, what's taken place, we're always ready to say, God did that. We're always ready to, to point to God's, grateful, to, to God's faithfulness in our lives. And, and you, you might think about your own success and think, look what I did. Or you might think about your spouse and think, look what he did or look what, he, what she did. But it, we must remind one another that it's the goodness of God that takes us to where we are and that gets us to uh, any place of like achievement or cleverness or thinking we did something. It's the goodness of God. And, and um, today I want it to be a mix. I'll say this so it makes sense, and then I'll kind of correct myself. I want this to be a mix of what's spiritual and what's practical, because we're going to kind of look a little bit of a couple of things that happened last year. But in reality, all of it is spiritual. Do we, know, do we believe that? Everything to do with our relationships, with our finances, with the way we raise our children, it's all something that should be, should be framed. And this is part of my spiritual life as a child of God. And the way I raise my kids and the way I work and the way I spend my money and the way I use my resources and the way I use my time is something that is spiritual and belongs to the Lord. So, um, uh, Liz, come on up. Uh, we're going to just, she's, Liz is just going to lead through this next couple of minutes to just uh, share a couple of uh, things from last year in our season as a church to kind of uh, unpack some of all that we saw take place then. Yeah, so um, I'm going to share a few things about last year just kind of to recap because I think it's important as a church family that we kind of know where, where we stand and how things went. And, um, and so you're going to get, when you walk out, you're going to get this report that has it all written down. So if you miss, if you're, if you're someone who's like, I want the details, you'll get it. Um, and also, if anyone wants a, 
a copy of any of our books. It's like we are an open book place. If you want to see our accounts, anything like that, we're happy to show you it. We didn't print them all off because I think we did that once and then nobody picked them up. So, um, so we're like, okay, well, if someone asks, absolutely, we'll send it to you. But, um, but we wanted to celebrate a few things because last year was a really significant year in a lot of ways. Um, one, because um, it was, we, had, we had talked before about how the church had started and how we were originally planted and funded from people outside of Anthem. And we were in this switch coming in at year four and a half where um, we were moving from being a, a church plant that was supported from outside to a self-sustaining local church community. And, um, and so our goal at the end of 2022 was that we would be at 100% locally, uh, locally uh, funded. Um, we were a little bit behind on that, but... Uh, I want to just celebrate a couple things. So our general giving for 2022, if you want to go ahead to the next one, um, our general giving, so our local giving was $330,000. Um, and that was actually 85% of our budget, which is actually huge because we had been a little bit behind on schedule because there is this little thing called a global pandemic uh, <laughs> that, like, you know, we, we make all the plans, but guess what? You don't get to necessarily control the timing on those things. But, um, but I think that's something definitely worth celebrating. Now, here's the thing. Just because we were... <coughs> Short, that didn't mean that we actually, like, spent money that we didn't have because our external giving was actually, like, way overcompensated for that. So um, we, we still, um, our, our total giving for 2022 was 458000 so, um So the external giving way covered that, and, um, and our budget was, I think, like, three ninety. So we were, we were fine. <laughs> But, um, but this year is a significant change because a lot of those external gifts are now really ending. And um, although, you know, they, we, we might be surprised like we were last year. There was all these gifts that came in that were from outside and it covered, you know, way more. But we're not, we're not planning on that. We're not expecting that to happen again. Um, and then just so you can see our expenses, uh, the next slide I think just shows that our, our 2022 budget was 390 and our total expenses were, three, were 396, a little bit over because we had a few extra expenses that happened because we moved from being portable to being in this space. There was a bunch of things that we had to purchase and things like that. But again, God provided like over and above. So like God provided in all those ways. Yeah, absolutely, clap. <laughs> and absolutely covered, covered it and some, um, so that we are, you know, completely in the black and there's no issues there. Um, and our budget for next year just has gone up just a slight bit. Uh, obviously, inflation has changed some things in this last year or two. So, um, but yeah, so that's our, that was, that's a little bit about our expenses. Um, but there's also these intangible, those other things that have happened that are indications of God's blessing and favor that, that he's provided in our church. Our attendance has stayed consistently where it has been, um, even though we had the two o'clock thing, which I know for a lot of people was really, really hard. But our, um, you know, our weekly average attendance was 107. If you average it out over the whole, uh, which is actually about the same as what we had last year. So even though we had that 
uh, that two o'clock time, our attendance really didn't change. Um, and actually, here's the thing about attendance that's kind of confusing. Um, the people, a lot more people would say this is their church than 107 people. <laughs> people come to church maybe once every three or four weeks. And so it's, it's kind of a hard time, a hard thing to sort of measure, um, okay, well, how big is the church? Because it's a lot bigger than the 107 that average, because you guys know. I mean, you guys, do, do we all come every week? I don't know. <laughs> so, some people do, but, but that, is the, that is the average. And so, um, uh, but that is, I think, a huge thing to celebrate. And actually, since we've moved to 9 o'clock, I think we've, the church attendance has grown about 18%. So that's it's already kind of recovering from that 2 o'clock time. So absolutely. Um, do you know that there was 96 different kids that checked in? Different kids, not the same kids counting them again. There's that, you guys have a lot of children, okay? <laughs> a lot of children, okay? So, which is, a, I mean, that's something to celebrate. 96 different kids last year checked in uh, to our kids program, which, I mean, that is, a, again, a, a, a huge blessing, a sign of, of, of health. And it's just so in line with our mission and our vision for this church. We want to be a church that intentionally reaches out to children and, and provides a home church for each child. And so, like, I get goosebumps just thinking about that because that is, that I want to celebrate because that is so where we want to, that's so where we want to be. Um, and there were 97 different people who served Okay, so for a church that has an average attendance of 107, y'all are getting involved, okay? So that's, that is something to, to definitely celebrate. Um, what, what else do we have to celebrate? Uh, Ten baptisms last year. Like, I mean, each one of those, like there's like so much to say about each one of those, those uh, people who took that step in, into being baptized. And I would say, I think only one of them was a child. So most of those were people who, as adults, decided, I want to take the step into baptism, which is just a huge, huge, big deal. Um, 29 people were like, hey, I'm going to go and spend a whole weekend with other people from church and go to retreats. <laughs> um, and the church gave $33,000 to push the mission forward when it comes to church planting and to meet the felt needs of people in our community who had benevolent needs. And so that is something to celebrate, $33,000 that we gave out um, there. And then one of the things I'm so excited about is that fact that we launched a middle school uh, group that is like the beginning of Anthem's future youth group. And so, uh, I mean, Partly because when we first started the church, like, I think, I remember we only had, like, one kid that went to the elementary class, and we were like, oh, boy, is this going to be just a nursery full of babies, and there's never going to, and now, you know, all those, those elementary kids are in middle school now, so it's just exciting to see kids grow up. How fun is that? <laughs> um, and then another thing that I really, I don't have a slide for this, but um, that I really want to celebrate is that we, have, we are moving away from having an external management team and having an internally led uh, team. We're calling it the Board of Servant Leaders. And that is our leadership team that does, provides oversight and approves our budget and makes a lot of the bigger decisions in the church and so uh, and provides accountability in that way and so uh, we brought on two people locally in our team I think we've already introduced them but I'll not say them again um, uh, Sean Harrington who's sitting over there with the uh, orangey hat on and um, and Sandy uh, Rolf who's actually working with our kids this morning um, and they're are they're on that team um, and then we also have 
Uh, we're also governed by a few other people who are one who used to be on in our church but moved away, but she's still uh, not uh, Cristobal Sifa, who's still still like really a part of that team, and uh, and we're moving eventually moving so that that team will be only people who are a part of our community. And so that, that, that is a huge step that this last year has been. It felt like it was like a maturing year. Like it was a, it was a, it was a year where we, um, people like stepped into prayer, people like deepened their faith. Uh, it kind of, there's just like a depth of a sincerity and engagement that I haven't seen in other years as much. And I feel like our church kind of grew up. You know when you like see a, a child that has like a growth spurt? I felt like last year was like Anthem's like maturity growth spurt. And I feel like a healthiness that came from that. That um, sometimes you don't see the growth numerically, but I feel like we're in a healthy, we are, we are in a healthy spot. So that when the numerical growth happens, that we're, there's a healthy base there. And that is something that I'm just so grateful to God for. I know that he did it. And, uh, you know, just like those scriptures that Colin was sharing about, you know, God saying, I did those things. And I absolutely believe that God did those things last year. And that's something to celebrate. So, um, oh, yeah, sorry, I forgot I had this one. Yeah, did you know that there were 104 participants in groups last year? Okay, so we had a lot of different groups. That, that number is basically like looking at all the groups and how, who, how many people we're a part of those groups. And so some of those are repeated, but that is a lot of people who are engaged in the life of the church. And if, if you're looking at that and thinking, oh, I, I wonder what that's about, I just want to encourage you. It's when you're involved in a group that you build relationship, that you have accountability, that you grow in your faith. Um, so get involved in that way. All right. <laughs> Hear it for what God's been doing. So I, I think this sort of stuff should just lead us to, to gratitude when we're just reminded as well, like, there's an element that we had a part to play in that, but that's what God did. And I can't, I, I could stand here and tell you a dozen stories of, of, of the, some of the things we, some of the, the miraculous things we saw God do around the time that the church was starting and we just, we had, we had no plan. You know, we, we didn't know how God was going to do it. And as time goes on, I think sometimes God, you know, like a kind of a, a mother eagle kicks his young, you know, kicks the, her young out of the nest and makes them survive on their own. And I think sometimes God wants that maturity in us. Um, but there were so many times at the beginning where we just saw time after time the hand of God. I'll tell you one uh, quick example of this. And that's when Liz and I had moved here. We'd been here just a few days, and I think maybe we were back out of town for a few days. Didn't know anybody. Nothing had happened. We kind of barely unpacked our boxes. Um, and we had a, a text from somebody that we'd never met. Of course, we were looking for team members and people who would get involved uh, in time for the church to launch the year later. We had a text from a young man. He was 18 years old. We'd never met him, but apparently he, he used to go to our church in Michigan, which was a, a bigger church, so it wasn't unusual that you hadn't met everybody. Um, and, and Trent uh, messaged Liz, whose information he had, and said, hey, um, uh, I w I'd gone to hockey. I'd gone to Alaska to play hockey. Okay, this is how random this is, and I, I feel like God pick the furthest place away that he could, he, he could then get somebody to where we live. And he said, I went to Alaska to play hockey, and I got cut from the team. 
which is like, okay, great, you should have been a better hockey player. But like he got to Alaska. Not only did he go to Alaska, he went to a town called North Pole, Alaska. Okay, I'm not, this is not, no, no lie, you can look this up. North Pole, Alaska is like six hours north of Anchorage. It's not the end of the world, but you can see it from there. You know what I mean? Like he'd gone to North Pole, Alaska to a town of 2,300 people to play hockey. And two weeks later, they, he realized he wasn't good enough. This is like a junior hockey team to prepare you for college and this sort of thing. Two weeks later, uh, he got cut from that team and, and was searching around for other teams and found another team to be a part of. And he texted us and said, hey, I remember hearing something at church that there was going to be a couple going to start a church in Massachusetts, and it looks like I'm moving to Massachusetts. He says, are you anywhere near Bedford, Massachusetts? And we're like, we're in Bedford, Massachusetts, you know, like there's a you know, town of whatever, 15,000 people, and there's a, there's a junior hockey team that, that plays in Bedford. And he says, okay, I'll be there, put me to work. And, and at a time when we had no knowledge of anyone who, we didn't know how to meet people, we didn't know how to find people to support us, he was a worship leader and a, um, a young guy that could, could get involved in a ton of things, and for the next uh, I think two years he lived in our basement and, uh, um, and was serving as part of the church launch through that season. And, and the reason I say that is because that's, that's a today equivalent of, of Joshua saying, remember when I, 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 I took you out of Egypt and the Red Sea and all that stuff? And remember when Abraham and Isaac and Jacob led them? And remember when I set you free from this king and from that group? And, and, and God wants to remind us of what he's done right? So that we can continually trust Him for the future. So we can put all our, all our spiritual eggs in that basket, and we can bet 100% on the faithfulness of Jesus. Who's coming with me on that, right? Because I believe that it's as we get a, a, a real picture of what God has done that we can trust Him for the future. So when He brings challenge for the future, we're ready to go, all right, okay, I'll trust you because I've seen your hand at work. And uh, I, again, I believe that God's speaking through Joshua. Remember, God was speaking through Joshua in those verses that we, re- we read. And then there's this pivot, this inflection point that takes place just in this passage. All of a sudden, you see this point where something changed. We'll go to verse, verse 14. It says this. And this is Joshua speaking now, not God. But he carries on. He says, now fear the Lord and serve Him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River and Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Can we, can we read that a little bit together out loud? Here we go, choose. Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve whether the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are now living. But as for me and my household, we'll serve the Lord. Did you catch that? Joshua stands there as the perhaps unelected leader of this people and says, as for, all I can say is that in this situation now, for me, for my house, for my part in this community, in this huge community of Israel, 
Joshua's saying, we're putting a stake in the ground, and we're going to, I'm going to serve the Lord. And you, if, if, and I, I've, I've challenged, this has been a challenge for me, and I want this to be a challenge for all of us, but as, 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 as one of your leaders, I can only just remind you of God's faithfulness to us. I can't speak for the whole, you know, the whole church, but I can tell you what, what, how this is going to impact me individually. I believe that as we get a new um, burst of energy to fulfill what God has called us to do as a, as a family that has a clear and distinct mission from God to reach the community that God's put us in, I want to be able to say on behalf of us that, that as for me and my house, we're serving the Lord. And for those of you that are parents, um, husbands, wives, or single parent, husband or wife, I want to I challenge you, be the person in your house. Don't wait for your wife or your husband to do it. Be the person in your house that maybe says at dinner today, as for us, we're going to serve the Lord, right? As for me and my house, because it, it starts with me. It doesn't start with us. It starts with somebody in a household who says me who says, me and this house. Why don't we together see what God is asking of us to serve Him in a new way? Uh, you know, sometimes people want to come and bring their, their babies to the church to dedicate their baby. I think it's a great, great thing. I, I respect that tradition. We'll, I hope we'll do it for many, many years. But there's been occasions when I'm like, are you going to dedicate yourself to the Lord at some point? You know, it's, it's like, let's not ask of our babies what we're not doing ourselves. You know, and I'm, I'm sort of joking, but, you know, I'm like sort of not. You know, like there's that feeling on occasions that like, do we, have we actually spent the time to count the cost of what a life devoted to the Lord looks like before we want to say, well, I, bet, I guess we better do this ceremony for our baby. I love that God's reminding Israel of their past and his hand upon them. He's talking to them as a community. It's not so much about the individual, but it's about the individual within that community. Joshua and his family are just ready to lead the way. And as I challenge you to, um, to, to move forward in your faith, in your devotion, and to make that statement, like, as for me in my house, as for me and my spouse, as for me and my spouse and my kids, as for me and my kids, as for just me in this apartment or condo or this room that I rent, living on my own, this, for this household, for this bank account, for this uh, set of assets and responsibilities and privileges and family, distant family, I, for, for where my uh, responsibility starts and stops, I'm serving the Lord. 